Syracuse wins 32-29 in the Dome. Instant classic. Garrett Schrader, final seconds. Aronde Gadsden. I'll admit it, I was wrong about Aronde Gadsden. We'll get into that. So much more. It's on Lockdown Syracuse. It's right now. Our Lockdown Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to your Monday morning episode. I'm Matt Bonaparte with Owen Valentine. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Syracuse takes down Louisville, or excuse me, Purdue, Louisville too. They are now 3-0 and on the season. So exciting. What a game, Owen. I'm, I'm still fired up. I, I'm I don't fired really, up. I don't know how you're what not fired up. Was I am. it beautiful? Only a little bit. And sometimes, <laughs> oh boy, they, I said it, I tweeted this out. They got knocked down 10 times on Saturday and they got back up 11 times. And it showed a lot about what this team can be. And I, I think if you are a Syracuse fan right now, you have to be as excited and overjoyed and energetic about this next two week span because it is, really, really cool to have the possibility right now and a realistic possibility to go into the bye week at 5-0. and Yeah, uh, that's what I was about to say. Syracuse has the chance to go into week five against NC State 5-0. and I'll try to find out when the last time they were 5-0 and was, uh, but that might garner game day. That might warrant college game day. I was going to say, if NC State beats... Clemson I believe they play them in two weeks if NC State does their part uh Syracuse can do their part at five and oh I believe that would be in week seven following uh the bye week for the orange but I did see there see there's a big big 10 game that week which there's a lot of big games that week Penn State Michigan Tennessee USC Utah Arkansas BYU that day there are some good games that week, and as we saw this week, right, they're not going to Kansas, which would be a new environment that they don't do. They're going back to Tennessee. So you've really, really, really got to pitch game day, uh, yeah. and that is going to be you doing your part in the next two weeks and sitting back and watching some NC State football and hoping that they do their part as well. Where does this game rank for you all time in terms of Syracuse classics? I, that's immediately what I started thinking about after the game had ended. I was watching it with my Syracuse alum father, and we were just going bananas, uh, as you can, as everybody else was. And I just kept thinking, like, where does this rank? And I'm talking all Syracuse athletics, so basketball included. Where does it rank? Where does it rank? I don't know if I can put it's a up there on for that. me. I'm gonna say, is this recency bias to say like? in terms of instant classic that this might be one of my favorite games. Oh God. Since Gillen against no. Okay. It's out to be after that. Cause that puts Clemson 
the Clemson, Clemson win is before Clemson that. Clemson win, of course, has um, to be in the conversation. Clemson, the dark horse that I brought up that I think has to be in the conversation is the Duke win in 2019, January 14th, 2019. I'll never forget it. Elijah Hughes, three-quarter court. First day back on campus, second semester of my freshman year. The yeah. game started 11 or 12 nothing, and immediately whoever, me and my friends who I was watching it with, were all like, okay, they're not going to win this game. Like Zion's about to just absolutely kill them. Uh, And Pascal Chuku went out there and basically beat him single-handedly. He had like 10 blocks in that game or something. Well, Elijah Hughes, like you said, three-quarter court. Uh, They went to overtime 95-91 in that game. Uh, Obviously the Gillen games there. There's like the Virginia game in the Sweet 16. Like that has to be Elite Eight, excuse me, has to be there. There's a lot that has to be up there. And like I'm not recently, saying, like, especially, the gravitas yeah. of this game obviously isn't – it's a week three football game, so it's Correct. not as big of a game. But I think it's higher up than a lot of people would give it credit. I think that and, – and I could be missing something. I, I'm not prepared for this full answer. But <laughs> I think if we go like last six-ish years – um. On the top of my head, and I apologize and attack us in the comments, let us know what we missed. Um, I I think outside of the games that we just named, if we're going to say the last five, six years, this is immediate thought, the next tier, the top of the next tier out of those, like just after those sort of absolute classics and huge, huge games for Syracuse. I think it's right up there in the the upper echelon of that next tier of like really, really important games, really big games, outstanding games to watch, um, pure chaos factor. I mean, as chaotic a game as you can find, I think you might argue that that yeah. might be the most chaotic big win for well, Syracuse. Because you, I had, there was a point in the game where I had, I hadn't given up, but I had accepted that there was a very small chance they were going to pull it out. I would say there, uh, so were, there were probably six or seven There were a couple of times. The yeah, there were a few I times that, that happened, which is why I think it's such a crazy game. Also, the game ends not necessarily, not technically on a buzzer beater, but about as, as close, close as you're going to you walk off as you're going to get. Yeah, about as close as you're going to get. And, and I think that it helps that the game was so built up and they came into this year with such low expectations, blew everybody's expectations out of the water in week one, week two, take care of business at UConn. And then week three, everybody was like, this is the test. And they passed and it was, it was something else, but let's talk about the actual game. Like we said, so many times where they weren't going to win and and Schrader looked terrible in his post-game press conference. He said he couldn't have played a worse first half. Like he understands he said he wasn't ready to play, and that's that's why he played so poorly, which I don't know if I like, but still, at least he knows. Yeah. Um, he had a terrible game, statistically, 13 for 29 passing. That's a shade under 45%. He threw three touchdowns, which is not a bad number at all, uh, and he no. also led the game in rushing yards, but his arm just wasn't there, and I think anybody who watched the game knows that he missed a couple of passes that could have been either big gains or even touchdowns. That Tucker play where he had Tucker down the sideline. I'm not talking about the first play of the game, but there was a uh, play late in the game. He had Tucker under threw him a tad. If he leaves him on that pass, it's a touchdown. And the game doesn't have to be as close as it was. And he mentioned Schrader in that same press conference says that the play before he threw the touchdown to Gadsden, he had Gadsden open and he didn't throw it to him. He missed him. So there is, I think Syracuse fans 
while Schrader did not have the best performance in that game, despite having pulled it out in the end, should be happy that he recognizes his mistakes and isn't just on, on a platform uh, saying, wow, I'm the man. Uh, he's still going back into the drawing room and he's going to be even better next week. And they did this without Sean Tucker. How about that? He ran the yeah. ball 18 times, averaged two and a half yards per carry, 42 yards on the day, caught the ball twice. He really was not there. I, I tweeted this first time ever, I think, in Tucker's career that the fans also aren't satisfied, aren't pleased. Yeah, it's it was weird to see that be the situation. But at the same time, like that means a ton to me seeing that. And I, I mean, to go back, right, the words that I'm, I'm thinking and have been tossed around are, are going to be gritty and gutsy and just it wasn't pretty. Uh, but I've been using the sort of golf phrase uh, that there's no pictures on a scorecard. And I'm going to sort of use that with this. It's a win right now. Uh, and we're not going to necessarily have to dwell on how hideous it was at times. But the fact that they do this when Schrader doesn't play a good game by any means. And on top of that, when Sean Tucker plays his worst game in a while. That's I don't his worst game. It's, a, it's ever, the worst game of his career. It is the worst, worst game of his career. Of his career. You. And you put up 32 points and win a football game despite those two things. I mean, you you talk about Schrader and, and some of the woes. It was 2021 Schrader. He was missing throws. He was missing reads. He was under pressure a lot, which I guess is sort of maybe why he's back into the 2021 woes. Uh, because as we talked about, uh, I don't know if it was on air last week or we were just talking uh, before we jumped on, that outside of when he's being pressured, he was pretty much perfect this season in weeks one and two. Uh, getting that pressure and, and, you know, Purdue was consistently forcing him to to move and was a presence in the backfield. And so that was, you know, something that you can give a little bit of an excuse for, but he was not throwing the ball well. Uh, even the last drive, I mean, yes, he hits Gadsden with a perfect throw and his best throw of the day to win this football game. But let's not gloss over the fact that he threw six straight incompletions prior to that on That's the game-winning drive. Yeah, he was one and, for and six. they. I can't say they didn't get. I don't want to say bailed out, but so many breaks, so many gifts in terms of penalty calls. I mean, I don't know if they march down the field and get that last touchdown if they don't get thirty yards of penalties on the kickoff from Purdue sideline violations. I don't think they do. Um, so I think that was a huge part of it. Also, the there was you know a pass interference or holding call here or there and everywhere where they kind of got bailed out. Okay, we're going to continue the talk. I just got to read a quick advertisement from our today's sponsor, BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's Week 4 and NFL games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores, and the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Um, I was just looking at the Tucker stats to see what his actual worst games were. A couple of them I did forget about, so I do take back this definitely being his worst ever game. In terms of yardage, it's the fourth least amount of yards he's ever rushed for in a game. Um, he's 
only rushed for under 100 yards in 10 games in his 24-game career. Twice he had touchdowns, so he's only done that eight times without having a touchdown. Um, the games in which he had less yards were Syracuse Pitt at the end of last year. He had 29 yards on 13 carries, and then Pitt again. He had four yards and 23, or he had four carries for 23 yards. That was his first ever game, though, so I'm kind of taking that yeah. one out. And then NC State last year, or NC State his, his uh, first season, 16 carries, 18 yards. That was a really bad game. Um, but other than that, he's never played worse in terms of yardage. And, and that was a bad game. But mm-hmm. like we said, they got it done without him. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, Schrader, he was... He was interesting because while I never trusted him to throw the ball, it was 2021 Schrader. It really was, at least for the first half. I had no faith in him throwing the ball. But at the same time, when he decided to use his legs, I was still – I actually kind of wanted him to, even though a couple of times I thought he tucked too early. I I still was was happy when he he ran the ball because I was confident he was going to get the first down, and a lot of times he did. I thought he was a little over-reliant on the legs in this game, which I think is sort of going to one of my frustrations that I had with him in this game was that it didn't seem like he was getting through full progressions and and getting through all the looks that he might typically have gotten through in weeks one and two. Um, It seemed like he was quick to talk. It seemed like he audibled at the line to call his own name and got lit up. Uh, in the third quarter, I believe it was. So I just, you know, I love that he's mobile and I love when, you know, he gets that space and is able to take advantage. And he does pretty consistently make, you know, the perfect read on his read options and and those RPOs and any sort of decision he has to make in terms of that. I've been very satisfied with, but I thought he tucked a little bit early in this game. And there were a couple of times where he, you know, was just not doing what you wanted him to do, get bailed out on an interception in the end zone. Um, two interceptions. Yeah. Two interceptions, correct. Uh, this was the stat that I wanted to read because I I saw this and I was very much blown away. Uh, you were talking about the gifts that Purdue gave to Syracuse, especially in, uh, in the last drive. And when you look at, you know, Syracuse has – Purdue kicks off from their own 10, and then Syracuse kicks off from the Purdue 35. Uh, That should say everything you need to know about penalties in the last minute of that game. But 26% of Syracuse's first downs in this game were via Purdue penalties. Wow. 26%. That's nuts. Via a penalty. They were not moving the ball well. They got bailed out consistently throughout this game. Yes, they came out on top. Yes, we're ecstatic because of the exclamation point cherry on top to win this game. You thought it was done. You thought they were dead in the water and they popped right back up, uh, explode out and win a football game. That is not anything to, to not be proud of, to not be celebrating. But there is something that we need to do right now. And we do need to look at, you know, things were not good in this game. This was a poorly played football game, especially in the first half. Syracuse had really nothing going and it's been talked about and I'm sure will be talked about this week as we you know continue to discuss this game Syracuse is incredibly fortunate to have been in a one score game going into the break 
Totally. Um, and then to have 10 points going into the fourth and be ahead was a nod to, A, how the defense came out in the third quarter because the defense played an outstanding third quarter. Uh, but they needed to make some shifts, and they they did what they could. You know, sometimes you just have an off day, and I hope that's the case for Schrader. Uh, I believe on Friday's episode I said I was 80% sold. I'm going to take a step back. Probably at 65% sold right now. Still in favor of Schrader. Still think he's, you know, much, much, much better than the last season. But that's definitely a step back in my eyes in terms of how sold I am on his ability to to play against a team that, you know, we talked about is missing their best defensive player. And I, I, I'll tell you what, if Jalen Graham is on that field for Purdue, Aranda Gadsden is not open on that last play uh, and does not score. Uh, but that is, you know, me throwing hypotheticals out here. This is a game that that we need to look at some of the negatives because they do need to be fixed and there are things that need to be circled. But when all is said and done, it's a 3-0 and football team. And they yeah. beat a Purdue team that played an incredible offensive game. Uh, and as advertised, uh, maybe even more than advertised in my mind, I mean, Aiden O'Connell and Charlie Jones – are the real dude Aiden O'Connell was fantastic that guy's an NFL quarterback he's fantastic and and there was no stopping Charlie Jones I think a lot of people like to talk about oh you know Garrett got toasted whatnot like I don't know if there's a corner in the country you put on Charlie Jones and he doesn't find a way to get his his work in one-on-one that is um I will say this is a game that in you know a few months when it comes NFL scouting and NFL draft time. This is a game that will be looked at in great depth, I would assume, by scouts. But I think both in terms I mean, I of the Garrett rest of the season, are NFL guys. Yeah, uh, I was. There were moments where I was frustrated that Garrett was getting beat. Yes, but is there a better answer outside of needing to double team him and switch no. teams up entirely? Not really. Like, uh, he's going to get his do fill. a better job. I guarantee it. Yeah. He's going to get his fill. He got his fill against Penn State. He's going to get his fill pretty much every game this year. He's a great player. Uh, He's a fantastic player. He is outstanding. And when you've got Aiden O'Connell throwing them the ball, I mean, it is the perfect storm to to be an absolute nuisance. Uh, And when you look at, you know, Purdue is not a rushing team. They did not run the ball well, and that was a nod to, you know, Syracuse defended the run very well in this game, I thought. Um, But the pass – they they had their way and the their tight end too. I mean, got got his oh fill as well. The uh, tight end man, Payne he Durham. was unstoppable. Payne Durham was fantastic. It was like we to... sort of got in a we sort of got in a rut. If you look at Syracuse of you know twenty twenty one, there's no tight end on the field. Why would you throw it with tight end and then bang nine receptions for eighty three yards and two scores? He for was Durham. fantastic. He was outstanding. He and was the he was the default option. 15, but. Yeah, it was great. Um, but just to go back to O'Connell, another thing Babers said in the post game was, you know, he's a fantastic quarterback, and I'd never seen him do that before. And of course, he was talking about throwing a pick six to Caleb Okachukwu, which was probably the most elated the dome has been in at a pretty long time. Um, but I mean, that was an awesome, awesome play, but a really, really bad decision from O'Connell, a guy who should have just taken the sack. He takes the sack right there, 
throws maybe a touchdown, maybe game. the next play, they probably win the football game. So yeah. uh, for Babers to say, you know, he, he, I think he said, I never seen him do that in tape. I doubt he does that again in his whole career, and I'm glad it happened against us. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think just... he's probably right. O'Connell's fantastic. I just want to like what if if you're Okachuku on that play, I'm I'm astonished that he didn't freeze because of the shock factor that O'Connell he, just he played it handed so in the football. Cool. He played it so cool in the in the presser. He was like, you know, like I was just you know uh, looked like I was going to get a sack, so I was just in position to make sure he got out. And then you know the football just came at me. I ran it in. Are you kidding? There's no way it was that nonchalant. I, if I had the football, I, if I was in the room, I would have asked him who he was pointing to because he just was pointing into the stands. Um, and I was, <laughs> I want to know who he's pointing to. Um, yes. He was. That was an awesome play. It reminded me of BJ Raji in the playoffs like ten years ago. Um, but oh yeah, God. that was that was fantastic. And, and I mean, that whole game was just so. The end was so fantastic. I think Syracuse outscored Purdue 22-20 in the fourth, which is nuts. Right? How about yeah. that? Anyone betting the total in this game went through a whirlwind of either positive yeah. or incredibly negative over. emotions. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, your your spread was one and a half, so that that's, you know, the difference in covering the spread. But there were 19 points scored going into the fourth quarter. Over-under was 59 and a half. <laughs> And Syracuse hits the over with that game winner. It was it was absurd. Had to be. I'm sure uh, we're recording this Monday night. I'm sure that it's got a case to be on bad beats tonight. Um, totally. Or sun or tomorrow night when we're or this is Sunday night. We're recording. I'm all over the place. We're recording oh, this Sunday gosh. night. I'm sure Monday night that'll be on bad beats or have a really good case too because that was a 42 point fourth quarter uh, after. Hideous offense through three quarters on both sides. Um, one of the things that I think it might have been Brent Axe highlighted after the game was how important that first touchdown drive was for Syracuse to get the defense off the field for a little bit. Uh, I think it was ended up being like a six and a half minute drive to put them up 10 9. That was gigantic. Uh, and I think the defense definitely reaped the benefits of it. And it got the offense in a little bit of a flow at that point and they were able to sort of click a little bit better moving forward from that point on um what can we talk about aronde gadsden yes we I haven't like, it was the, it was yeah. i said that in the in the the pre, uh, the pre thing i we didn't even talk about him i want yeah. to say this the whole game i've been meaning to just say i was wrong about this guy Preseason, I was saying, I don't know how comfortable I am with Aronde Gadsden. I didn't think he was very good. Last year, he didn't show me a lot. Uh, but I have to say, I'm sorry. I will always admit when, I was, when I'm wrong, and I was wrong about Aronde Gadsden. What a game from Aronde. And you've got to believe he's going to be in the offense a lot more than he was going into this one. I mean, six receptions in the game, six receptions on the season coming into this game. So he was a focal point of the team. He averaged nearly 19 yards a catch like he was so good every time the ball I think went he's his at way, 16 or 17 a catch on the season uh he's at, what do you mean i think that's been his, oh, oh, his oh, average okay. all year 16 yeah. not just 16 this game or a catch yeah he's he's fantastic he really really is good uh and he's the real deal and with, with an nfl father you kind of have to assume he learned that growing up babers yeah. had a good quote about him in the press conference he said uh 
if the ball is anywhere near him, he's going to catch it. Like the only thing you don't have to worry about him is his hands. The guy's got great hands. He will catch the football if you put yeah. it near him. So Aronde, man, I owe Masari, and he is so fantastic. And I'm so happy he's on Syracuse. He was outstanding in this football game. Uh, and I, I, I gotta, you know, eat my words as well. I said last week, uh, I saw him as a wide receiver too. If there was going to be someone that stepped up just because of the role that I sort of saw him in and the way I thought they were going to use him and the way they were utilizing him uh, in the first two weeks, I just sort of saw him and that role is not something that's going to allow him to jump to that wide receiver one. I thought as we were sort of discussing that, that it would, he would sort of be in that conversation uh, in terms of getting the most receptions, I guess but I didn't see him as the guy necessarily that was going to jump out and be the number one. And I think there's a really good chance that this solidified him as wide receiver one moving forward this year, because he, as you said, you know, the hands are outstanding. He seems to make good plays on the ball. Uh, He's so frequently open, even if Schrader doesn't necessarily see him. Uh, He has really been a strong presence. And I do love, how versatile his role is. Um, And if you have him in that versatile role where they can move him around and try different things and put him in motion so much, plus the fact that you still have to game plan for Sean, regardless of whether he's coming off a 120-yard game, a 200-yard game, or a 42-yard rushing game, you still have to game plan for Sean. And now you got a game plan for this, I don't know, flex tight end, slash slot receiver, slash wide out, slash everything, a Rondé Gadsden role. This st- offense with Robert and I is is very much becoming a nightmare to game plan for, and it's happening totally. fast. And if you throw, you know, a, a mildly competent Garrett Schrader performance out there, anything besides today or what you saw this weekend from him, that's very, very difficult. And it is something that, you know, in that four-week stretch that we've talked about all year, NC State, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Pitt, that's a stretch that more and more I look at, and it's not necessarily a gimme 0-4. And, uh, and there is very much upset potential lingering on the horizon. Totally. Uh, and we kind of talked about the, the schedule coming up, but maybe they uh... – they ramp up momentum going into that NC State game. If they win that game, that Clemson game in Death Valley is going to be crazy. Yeah, uh, my parents will be there. Big for the for the Valentine family. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, like you, we're hoping for some more wins coming down. But how about that three and zero football team going into Week Four? Before we leave, can you guys please go to the games? If I lived in Syracuse, I'd be going to every game. There were less people at this one than there were at the last one. Go to the games. It was at noon. First week one, people complained it's too late. Now they're complaining it's too early. When do you want it to be? All right? I am going to say this. Have some fun. Bring the family. Go to the games. Pack the dome. It was a beautiful day is the only reason. That day was – it was a beautiful Saturday, I think, was what might have kept some people away. Uh, I had to, to work. Football. I had to work. I didn't get out of work till halftime, so I would have been there otherwise. Uh, I plan on being there Friday night. Big. Um, as I hope 
the listeners are if you see me shout at me make fun of my takes whatever i don't care we'll have a chat um i'd love to see anyone that wants to say hey honestly that'd be fun uh but really go to the games i want the first number on the attendance to be a four at um, least should be at, five. at least i'm not asking for 50 i'm okay? asking for i know 70. you said 50 i'm not asking for 50 that first number has got to be a four against an acc team in virginia that you're supposed to now win and you should be uh, get Virginia's in there, pack the dome, and make that as miserable of a day for Virginia as you would make any basketball game against Virginia. Okay, treat this like the basketball Virginia, where Malachi is going to go off and Tyler Lydon's going to hit a a one shoot three, and uh, we're going to have this. Okay, let's let Virginia have it. I guess get that crowd in there, get the noise. Uh, what's his name? I'm going to give him the right shout because I'd feel bad not saying it. Um, oh God, I'm on Twitter. Where is it? It is Purdue writer whose name is not attached to the tweet. So I apologize. I wanted to share your name. Said he's never been in a louder venue in his life. He covers Purdue. He said it felt like there's a hundred thousand people there. And once they get going, the roof almost lifts off of the place. That's why it's a difficult place to win. That's the quote from him. Uh, and it is a nod to how loud the dome can get. And that was with 35,000 people there. Get 45 in the dome on Friday. Make it loud. Friday night lights. Do something. Because uh, this place should get rowdy uh, and can lead to a 4-0 and football team, which is not a conversation we were ready to have a month ago. All right. That's all we got. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. Go get more on the ACC. Making Lockdown ECC. Your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. That is Locked On ACC. I'm Matt Bonaparte. That's Owen Valentine. We'll see you tomorrow.